Happy Term Limits Day. There is no such thing as Term Limits Day. But maybe there should be. It seems like America has a holiday for nearly everything else under the sun. For instance, today, October 22nd, is National Nut Day. Yeah, that's the nutritious snack I'm talking about, not the acronym for the No Uncertain Terms podcast. Tomorrow, October 23rd, is National Paralegal Day and National Boston Cream Pie Day. Yum. But there might be a valid reason for having a term limits day. It could be a chance to focus reflection on the long tradition of this popular reform, and also a good day for citizens to publicly show support for the idea, just in case politicians forget. Let's ask Nick Tombalides, Executive Director of U.S. Term Limits, what he thinks. It's part of his job to restrain me (laughs) and to shoot down my nuttier ideas. Although, that might be bad form on National Nut Day. Hey, Nick. Hey, Phil. uh, I don't think Boston Cream Pie Day is a bad idea, actually. Uh, I think (laughs) think that's something I I could uh, definitely get behind and endorse if you wanted to run with that. All right, but what about the idea of term limits day? I think it's a great idea. And I think term limits day should not just be, you know, a box that you check when you log into your social media in the morning uh, and say happy term limits day. I think since we have such a rich uh, tradition of term limits in this country and we have such a rich tradition of distrusting politicians at all levels of government, this should be something that we really unify behind. Uh, This should be something that gets us up, brings people together uh, for activism. And so if we did a term limits day, it couldn't just be – couldn't just be some flowery language. I would really want to see people getting up and mobilizing on term limits day to make term limits more of a reality in this country, particularly at the congressional level. So I think it's a great idea. Right. Um, if we're going to do this, it has to be something that one, one would have to engage our activists, right? That's key. And so I think, you know, this discussion we're having right now, Nick, is something that usually you and I would probably have over a beer or something. But the reason why we're doing it here on the podcast is that our subscribers are really part of the team. And so we really need to invite them in because if we're going to do something like this, who's going to be celebrating it? Not just you and I, right? It has to be, the, has to be the, our, our activists. Um, so that's why we're, I want to have this as part of the podcast this week. So what I really want to know is, are people going to uh, rally around this and participate? Is it going to be something real? What activities that we could associate with it that would be simple and repeatable that people would like to engage in? And then, you know, when? What day? In fact, let's start with that. What would be the best day to have term limits day? Well, it's all, those are all very good um questions. I I think in a sense every Independence Day is a term limits day uh, because that was really the first time people in this country rebelled against uh, centralized political power. Uh, So in a sense this is already kind of interwoven with the the American spirit and um, the ethos of, of how our country was started. But as for which day would specifically make the most sense, I would I would suggest right off the bat, and obviously we need input from our supporters and our listeners on this, but I would suggest February 27th, 1951. Um, and the significance of that date is it is the date when presidential term limits were officially ratified into the U.S. Constitution as the 22nd Amendment. A lot of people know that for the first 150 years of our history, We never had a president who served more than two four-year terms. Uh, 
that was only a voluntary tradition. It was started by George Washington, who refused to become a king, who decided to return to his plow rather than continue serving our country as president. And for 150 years after uh, Washington's tenure, that was the tradition until President Roosevelt uh, took office, ran for not only a third term, but a fourth term, uh, and eventually died in office, at which point uh, American people, uh, the Congress, essentially uh, every intellectual of the day decided we needed to have some term limit on the presidency so that that would not likely happen again. And they mobilized uh, the states started asking for presidential term limits. Then the Congress proposed presidential term limits, and 38 states mm. ratified it on February 27th, 1951. I think what's good, good for candidate. the goose, yeah, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. When we talk about congressional term limits, one of the core arguments we make is, well, if it, if eight is enough for the president, why is eight not good enough for the Congress? Why are term limits? Uh, not a good idea for our legislators. So I think that right. I think February 27th, the date presidential term limits were made, uh, a constitutional amendment officially would be my starting point. In the next day or so, Jim Coxworth, the Illinois businessman who is walking from Chicago to Springfield to promote legislative term limits, will reach his finish line at the Capitol. To find his precise location today, check out the Illinois Citizen Uprising Facebook page. We last caught up with them on day seven, somewhere out on Route 66. Hello, Jim. How you doing? Good. How are you? Well, where do I find you today? I am about four miles uh, north of a place called Fairbury, Illinois, in the middle of a farm field. By the end of today, I'll be just a hair over halfway. Okay. Great. Great. So how's it going? Is it, uh, is it working? Are you drawing attention to these issues as you had planned? We're getting a lot of press, and uh, people Good. are coming to our website, so I would say we are getting some uh, traction. Uh, never enough, but we're hoping to get some more. Good. Is this uh, mostly local media in the towns you're going through? Yes, local stuff. We had a 6.30 radio broadcast this morning in Pontiac, and uh, okay. we're expecting to get some, maybe some TV coverage in, uh, when I get down to Fairbury. Right. And that media, attentive is, uh, that media attention is probably pretty friendly. Yeah, oh yeah, once you're downstate in uh, Illinois, they're, they're all anti-Chicago uh, politics, so yes. <laughs> okay, great. Any uh, setbacks or frustrations on your trip so far? I don't think we've had any setbacks, but there could always be more attention. There's an awful lot of activity on the website, so we're, we're trying to let everybody know it's not a Democrat or Republican issue. It's a, it's an everyone issue. People seem to like to settle into the war path of red or blue, but uh, we're trying to say, hey, <laughs> it's going to benefit everybody. Well, I was watching some of the videos you've been making as you take your trek, and you'd already mentioned um, the nonpartisan or bipartisan nature of this issue, and um, I appreciate that. Um, one thing I came across this week that I found interesting is that the Chicago Tribune is uh, publishing its candidate surveys of everybody running for the, the, the legislature, and the Trib is asking everybody what their position is on state legislative tournaments. That's wonderful. I'd love really? to see that in every state. Really? Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's terrific. I didn't know they were doing that. You know, the trip has come out before against term limits. Interesting. And they said, well, we, we already have free elections. Why do we need term limits? Of course, yeah. I guess in a perfect world, they're right, but not mm -hmm. the way the state of Illinois works right now. 
that's going to be a resource uh, for you also, for your organization, IllinoisCitizenUprising.com, um, because you want to be able to hold these people accountable. And they're in print right now, speaking to the TRIB, telling us whether or not they support term limits or not. Some of them are Weasley, of course. I mean, I, I, I was just looking at one, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the candidate, but she said that um, um, if it makes it to the ballot, I'll certainly uh, go along with what my constituents decide. <laughs> Ignoring well, you know, it's conveniently, yeah. it's partly her decision yeah, to put well, it on the ballot. <laughs> Yeah, you know, 80% of the constituents want it, and they still won't put it on the ballot. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate you bringing attention to this. Our podcast comes out on, on uh, Monday, and um, I think by then you'll be pretty much finishing up your track. Any plans on when you get to Springfield? We have a 10 o'clock press conference in the Blue Room, which is in the State Capitol building. Okay. So, uh we're hoping to uh, get some press there, and maybe some people will show up outside and, you know, show their support for term limits. Great. Are you going to be um, streaming that on your Facebook page or on your website? Yes, I think we'll be doing that, and I think all the news services will also get streamed. This, uh, this particular group, as I understand it, they sent it out to all the, all the uh, different news media. Good. Okay. Well, I urge everybody to uh, check out the uh, um, com site and also their page on Facebook um, to get the latest. And, um, Jim, thank you very much for doing this. It's a great cause, and you're really helping it along. Hey, thank you very much. Hey, bye-bye. Because you're mine, I walk the line. Another good one is uh, September 18. On that date is when um, Oklahoma became the first state to approve legislative term limits. So that definitely launched the wave of referenda that followed in the next couple years in which 15 states became uh, term limited, at least their legislatures, and 23 states actually term limited their federal congressman as well, although, of course, we know that got shot down in the Supreme Court case U.S. Tournaments versus Thornton in 1995. If you're asking what moment really sparked the modern term limits movement, that would probably be mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. Back in 1990, another consideration might be it is Election Day, of course, so it would be much harder. But November 3rd, 1992, on that date, um, 14 states voted independently for term limits on their state legislatures and on Congress. There have never been more significant victories for term limits in a single day than on November 3rd, 1992. Of course, uh, most of those laws are still around today, keeping state legislators from serving, in most cases, more than eight years. Right. Well, I'd go a little bit further than that, in that there's been no issue that has been more successful at the ballot box via referendum than term limits in U.S. history, and that day is the main day. 14 states in one day. And each of those efforts were separate efforts put on the ballot by separate groups of citizens in all 14 of those states. And uh, that is definitely a very historical, important day that really shows the power of this movement. And that would be a good candidate, too, for a Tournament's Day holiday. Could, could you imagine um, walking in a politician's shoes back in 1992? All these state legislators who've just been around decades and decades, they'd never heard of term limits on their own seats before, 
And then in one day, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, 14 states Mm -hmm. uh, passed term limits. People were angry with the politicians. In fact, and I think they've only gotten madder since because the results, you know, wherever you have careerism have just been such a disaster. People are wanting change. People are wanting to return control um, back to citizens. And term limits is, is an obvious answer. Let's say we went with February 27th, Presidential Term Limits Day. That okay. is right in the middle of the legislative session for most states, meaning that mm. there is nowhere for the politicians to hide. They're going to be in their offices. They are going to be debating bills. They're going to be debating uh, whether to vote for term limits on Congress. That would allow us to have a rally in every state capital in America, culminating with an even bigger rally in Washington, D.C., um, possibly nice. on the National Mall, where we could gather term limits supporters of all parties and stripes, um, politicians, activists, writers, citizens, uh, anyone who wants to be a part of this movement could come together. We could rally for term limits, express ourselves, make our case to the, to the political class, and force them to do the right thing. So I would like to see a string of rallies all over the country you know, possibly starting as soon as uh, this February 2019, if that is indeed the date that we select. This is a public service announcement with guitar! Governor William Weld served as the 68th governor of Massachusetts between 1991 and 1997. As a Republican governor of a Democratic state, Weld necessarily offered a message that appealed across party lines. An important part of that message was support for congressional term limits. That hasn't changed. Here's former Governor Weld on MSNBC's Morning Joe program last year. I'll tell you what would be the silver bullet for what's wrong with Washington would be term limits. Uh, I was national chair of U.S. term limits with Howie Rich when I was in office. And, and, you know, if Congress won't act on that, the states have the power to do a convention to force a constitutional amendment for term limits. I think that would be a worthy cause after the election. Take care of term limits take care of gerrymandering, and you've taken care of a lot of at least what ails the House. This is Scott Tillman, the National Field Director with U.S. Term Limits. We run two different pledge programs each election cycle. One, of course, is where we ask congressional candidates to sign an amendment pledge to support the Term Limits Amendment. The second is where we ask state legislative candidates to support a Term Limits Amendment through an Article 5 convention. The pledge for an Article 5 convention reads, I pledge that as a member of the state legislature, I will co-sponsor and vote for the resolution applying for an Article 5 convention for the sole purpose of enacting term limits on Congress. This is a pledge that we ask people who are running for state house and state senate to sign. In the 2018 cycle, we've had 303 state legislative candidates sign this pledge. Of those 303, 207 are still in their races going into the November general election. Luther Martin, Term Limits Prophet. There's an informative and humorous little book called Forgotten Founder, Drunken Prophet, The Life of Luther Martin by Bill Kaufman. Martin was a representative of Maryland at the Constitutional Convention in 1787 and an example, exasperating to many, of the so-called anti-federalists who feared the new constitution would centralize new and nearly unlimited national powers. To protect Americans' liberties, the antis clamored for, among other things, a Bill of Rights and term limits. They got the former, but not the latter. 
In the debates over term limits, Virginian George Mason, often called the father of the Bill of Rights, pointed out that nothing is so essential to the preservation of a Republican government as a periodic rotation. Boy, did he get that right. Martin argued vociferously, as apparently it was the only way he knew how, that the entrenched politician, get this, will take his family to the place where the government shall be fixed. That will become his home, and there is every reason to expect that his future views and prospects will center in the favors and emoluments of the general government. It is lines like these that Luther earned the title prophet in this book's title. But not only the anti-federalists feared an entrenched incumbency, Federalist G. Livingston of New York imagined the elite life of the political careerists thusly. In this Eden, they will reside with their families, distant from the observation of the people. In such a situation, men are apt to forget their dependence, lose their sympathy, and contract selfish habits. The senators will associate only with men of their own class, and thus become strangers to the condition of the common people. They should not only return and be obliged to live with the people, but return to their former rank of citizenship, both to revive their sense of dependence and to gain a knowledge of the country. The Anti-Federalists are labeled by history as the losers in the constitutional battle. But their many contributions to the Constitution, tributes to their obstinacy and adherence to principle, greatly improved that document and helped it preserve rather than threaten liberty. Time has proven the Antis correct on term limits. However, to be fair, it took a while for their dark predictions to materialize. It wasn't until the turn of the 20th century that the professional politician became the norm in Congress and in legislatures across the country. Many of the delegates who supported rotation in office but felt that term limits were unnecessary never dreamt of Congress members holding their seats for decades. The Antis did and slept fitfully upon leaving Philadelphia. We have some other news, a little less joyful. Uh, we've reported a couple times on our podcast about uh, what's going on in Arkansas. Um, Arkansas used to have one of the tightest term limits laws in the country. And in a absolutely deceitful ballot measure in 2014, where they hid a uh, anti-term limits provision in a so-called ethics measure, um, and in the title said that this ethics measure was going to establish term limits when really it was weakening them. Um, they snuck through with 52% of the vote, uh, this horrendous package. So there's been an effort by citizens to rectify the situation by putting a straightforward term limits measure back on the ballot for 2018 that would uh, return it to having one of the stricter or the strictest uh, term limits measure on their legislature in the country. So far, so good. They collected the necessary signatures and turned them in, and it was approved to be on the ballot for November. And we cheered, and we talked to Tim Jacob, who is one of the leaders of the effort, on an earlier podcast. But the bad news is that uh, just a week or so ago, at the behest of uh, the Chamber of Commerce and other special interests that had launched a lawsuit, a special master, they call it, was chosen to relook at the subject and the special master decided that 14,000 of the signatures that had previously been certified are now decertified and that the tournament's measure is not going to appear on the ballot in November. Dreadful. It really is. It's disheartening, and it makes you almost lose faith in the system that you can collect all these signatures. They collected 135,590 signatures. Well, I can't lose faith in the system because um, you can't lose something that you never had. 
but this is still very disheartening. And what bothers me the most about it is that the 14,000 signatures that were thrown out by this so-called special master were not thrown out because they were not signed by real Arkansans who wanted term limits. They were. They were signed by registered voters who really did want term limits on the ballot, which is perfectly legal. That's not why they were thrown out. They were thrown out because this guy had a problem with the people collecting the signatures. Like the people collecting the signatures didn't check the right box on the form. Or maybe they had moved um, in between transferring from one signature page to another and their address hadn't been updated with the state. So therefore the state believes that it can just toss all these signatures out. The reasons for tossing the signatures out were really frivolous um, and outrageous. That, that's what really makes this thing stink to high heaven. The fact that it was not, it sure does. the process was not on the up and up. No. And this was brought to the attention of um, the former governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee, who um, was interviewed the other day and brought this up. One of the biggest disappointments I've had watching Arkansas politics now is to see people in the legislature doing the exact things that we worked so hard to get rid of uh, in my early days as governor. Uh, we hired a former FBI agent. We went after corruption. And quite frankly, it was far worse than we ever imagined. And the result were there were a number of people who were indicted, tried, convicted. Uh, many went to prison. Uh, and they should have, because they were violating the public trust. They were stealing money from the taxpayers. And, and I think those of us who were involved in the politics of Arkansas at that time probably thought, boy, I'm glad we're going to get rid of this. It'll never happen again. People will see that you eventually get caught. And so my heart was broken when I saw that there were people, some of whom I knew, uh, some of whom I had worked with when I was governor and they were in the legislature, and some really surprised me. But it broke my heart to see it because you think they won't do that again, but they do. Um, it's one reason I think term limits are a very important part of our political system today. I fought hard before I became an elected official to help with term limits. I think the legislature made a huge mistake when I think they sucker punched the people of Arkansas and expanded their terms. They did it, I think, very dishonestly by calling it an ethics bill. It had nothing to do with ethics. It was all about giving themselves longer terms. And I think the net result is it's easier to get involved in things that are corrupt the longer that you stay. This is Austin Seckle with U.S. Term Limits. I'm the grassroots director here, and I wanted to share a letter to the editor that we came across from the News Tribune based in Tacoma, Washington. A citizen named Sandra Johnson from University Place wrote, and quote, the presidency has a term limit. Let's make it so with the Senate, the House, and the Supreme Court. We need to insist on having Democratic and Republican lawmakers who will cooperate and compromise for the good of all the American people, end quote. If you'd like to read the full article and much more, please look at the show notes at termlimits.com slash podcast and send a letter to the editor to your own local paper today. Thanks, guys. The Arkansas story is particularly heartbreaking because in um, 1992, term limits passed with 60% of the vote. 
And then in 2004, the politicians tried to weaken or abolish the term limits in a straightforward way, meaning they just put a straightforward measure on the ballot to do so. And the voters rejected it with over 70 percent of the vote. And so they learned a lesson. They learned that they couldn't just put a straightforward anti-term limits measure on the ballot and expect it to pass. They had to be tricky. They got tricky. It worked. And now in trying to remedy it, they're pulling out these technicalities and and, uh, screwing the voters again. Well, uh, you know, for our uh, listeners' edification, I'm going to read right now um, an exhaustive list of the times politicians were able to abolish term limits using only honest and ethical means. Okay, I'm done. Thank you. That's the list. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Thanks for doing that research for us, Nick. No problem. Term Limits Day. What do you think? Email us at podcast at termlimits.com and let us know. Would you personally participate in such a holiday? Seriously, think about it. What simple activity could we associate with such a date that you would like to participate in? Just putting a sign on your front lawn, sending term limits greeting cards to your elected officials, sharing a term limits day meme to all your friends on social media, something else. And if we're gonna do it, what do you think is the best date? We are genuinely interested in your feedback and it will help us make this decision. If you're a subscriber to our weekly podcast, then you're part of the inner circle of the term limits movement. So send us an email at podcast at termlimits.com and let us know what you think. If you're not a subscriber, subscribe. You can use the podcast app on your iPhone or download Stitcher for your Android device. Or subscribe at iTunes and rate and review us while you're there. Have a great week. The revolution isn't being televised. Fortunately, you have the No Uncertain Terms podcast.